Have you ever gone birding with Goofy and Mickey? Finding a good spot can be sort of tricky. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Hannah and Eric Go Birding, a podcast by birders for birders. I'm Hannah and he's Eric. And we created this podcast to share adventures, sometimes misadventures, and opinions that we have on different birding topics. We are definitely not experts, and anything that we discuss that might be controversial, we want you to remember their own opinions, and they might be different from yours. I'm just realizing now I should have said, and I'm Mickey! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, that's uh, may- maybe some uh, copyright, co- infringement. copyright infringement or something we may get in trouble for. Okay. Luckily, we don't make any money on this, so they, they don't well, have anything to sue for. And luckily, it's a terrible impression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, we didn't mention who you're, imp- you're doing an impression of. Yeah. It's up to, up to anyone's opinion right Obviously, there. Obviously, Mickey Rooney. Yeah. Could be anyone. Yeah. Um, so, uh, man, it has been an, a wild uh, migration right now mm-hmm. in where we're at in Oregon. I mean, we've had all of these super rare things pop up that we have tried to chase or been unable to chase, like the dusty <laughs> warbler down in southern Oregon. We, we tried to chase it and uh, failed. <sighs> yeah, and but, then you know. there's that bird goose that's up here mm-hmm. um, in Portland. There's that bar-tailed godwit that was being seen in um Still central, is being seen as far as I know. Central coast of Washington. Yeah. Sladyback Goal in central Washington, like Yakima, I want to say. Yeah, lots of... So, Lots of things popping up. There's also um, just following the um, ABA rare bird alert. There's it's been pretty pretty busy over the last uh, couple of weeks. I just recently subscribed to that because I was curious, and <laughs> now I'm getting emails every day, and it's like oh. you wanted more emails. Yeah, I, I, I wanted. I, I know my ridiculous like 90 <laughs> emails that I delete every single day was. Uh, I, I wanted 100 emails a day to delete. Like half that of them, I don't read. Or most of them are birds, though. <laughs> because, almost all of them like, are bird you stuff. You weren't yeah. getting off those listservs. I need to unsubscribe from listservs <laughs> is what I need to do. But I know. When am I going to need the downtown Houston listserv? Like, yeah, right. That's. But I'm, I, mean, I still get it every week. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's one of the things about WhatsApp with... Um, with like all these pop birds popping up. Oh, like the Blackburnian warbler warbler, in our area, which is completely out of range, but you know, it was so cool because somebody saw it. They posted on the WhatsApp 20 minutes later. We got it. Yeah. 20 minutes later, we were able to be down there to go look at it. Yeah. So that's a super handy um, thing, you know, it's popping up, but you know, the Portland area one just had this, wild thing happened that there are too many people on it yeah because whatsapp that you can only have up to 256 uh people in one group as far as i as far as i can tell that's the reason they're uh butting off and so they're uh gonna start investigating uh telegram another another one of the messaging apps that doesn't have that limit and there's uh there's some other advantages so we'll we'll see how that goes in the next uh, couple of weeks as they settle into the new uh new messaging app Yeah, I just, you know, it's interesting how many birders are, like, on this. And, like, ours, you know, I don't know how many are on the local WhatsApp that we have here in Clatsop County. I don't even know how to check. I don't know either. But, you know, there's only a handful of people that are, um, like, actively participate in it. So Yeah, there's, like, 15 people that are actually posting on a regular basis. I mean, our, our county is not a very heavily birded county. It's a it's a pretty good bird county, but it's not super heavily birded. Well, and I'm a watcher. Like, I, I never, never post. post in there. Yeah. You always post. I, I post all the stuff on there, yeah. But then I'm always like, hey, Eric, guess what they're seeing? <laughs> and, then, and then we go look at it, and then I post it and say, hey, we just saw it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, it's still there. But it's such a, you know, it's such a good tool. Like, I know there was a lot of controversy in our area about whether or not they wanted to get off the like daily digest listserv mm-hmm. um, because that's just what's always been done. And I still find a lot of value in that because there's more like more conversation that's like developed conversation rather than like um, 
you know, just the short messages back and forth. So yeah. I feel like there's a place for both. There is a place for both. It's lots of different ways to socialize through different forms of media. <laughs> Social media, you could almost call it. <laughs> uh, takes over my life. So, um, really no news and didn't have any no, reviews, no reviews for this, this cycle. But uh, Women's Women Birders Happy Hour. Yeah. You had an episode? I did, yes. Um, interviewing someone who was recently featured on CBS for oh some of the work that they're doing in uh, South Carolina and with Wimbrels. And it's uh, Mena Handmaker. And with that episode, I made a delicious sunburn, which you liked it, didn't I liked you? it, yeah. I'm not... I'm not uh... I'm not really liking drinking the like liquor drinks. I prefer like wow. craft beers. Sorry, but hey, it's it's my it's everyone has a different taste. Okay, it's, I need a new tester. So if any of you <laughs> want to, it's um, good though. If if you're not uh, if you're not really into hard liquor, it's it's still a good drink. It's kind of like an alcoholic chocolate milk. Yeah, it's, it's like a mudslide or something sort Ooh, of thing. Yeah, but, it's, but it wasn't a mudslide. I should have blended it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> to, we'll try it again. Yeah, Blend but the sunburn was good. Well, sunburn was delicious. I don't and, know about the bird, but the the drink was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so fun to to talk with Mena about all the the things that she's done. So check it out anywhere you listen to podcasts, yeah. like such as the service you're using to listen to ours. Um, so just you know look up women bur ugh. women birders <laughs> happy hour <laughs> for more. So Bernard giveaway. <laughs> so we had uh, all of the entries are in. Yesterday we uh, rolled the dice on a random. Ha <laughs> rolled the dice for this giveaway. <laughs> Um, we we chose randomly through all the entries. Do you, do you know how many entries we had? Um, it's like, a pretty good number. I think 21. Yeah, so we pr- pretty good number of entries. Good uh, job, you all. Good job. Fantastic. So it seems like a lot of the answers that we got could be categorized into a few things. Like spe- location specific. Mm-hmm. Um, so they want to bird a particular county or state or region. Um, activity specific. So um, somebody said ki- they want to do kayaking, a kayaking, big biking, year. on foot. Stuff horseback like riding horseback yeah yeah um also species specific which is something that i hadn't really thought of i yeah. mean i know we've talked about closing out different species yeah like like what i just recently finished off all my north american regularly occurring woodpeckers we both did. we both did you yeah. didn't care about it but <laughs> <laughs> i'd say we both finished it but you didn't care <laughs> i cared um so yeah, so like somebody wanted to see all the owls mm-hmm. next year, you know, and then there was kind of a mishmash of other really yeah, specific things too. And, yeah. So um, yeah, a lot of really creative, good answers though. Mm-hmm. So thank you all for participating, and um, you know it's so much fun to see what you all come up with these uh, these random questions that yeah. we oh, post for, for sure, and all, all the creative different answers that we get. And of course, we have to thank you know Ashbury Games for donating mm-hmm. this prize. Uh, it was super cool of them, and Eric and I have played the game a handful of times. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun. It, it really, if if you want to go quick, you can you can lower the total score that you get to. And, yeah. and have it over within 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Um, each time we played all the way to 500. Mm-hmm. And uh, we it would take us 20 minutes? 15 uh, minutes? Well, it's math dependent. So yeah. it's how long it takes us to do the math. Yeah, Hannah, But you could always have a calculator. That's true. You course. could always have a calculator. Han is very fast at math. Um, just adding, adding, do, doing simple arithmetic she's very quick at. 
That adding, uh, adding and subtracting all that stuff, super easy for her. You know, a lot of that calculus, though, I don't understand at all. I didn't terrible at that. That's why I'm really so good at, like, I'm, darts. The, I'm the good scorekeeper at darts. Yeah. So if you want me to be a scorekeeper, I'm really good at that. <laughs> My yeah. forte. So it, it's a really good game. I, I won a couple rounds, Hannah won a couple rounds. Yeah, of... but it, it's a lot of fun. Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, we have a rainy day here in Oregon. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like, we should crack it out. And... Yeah, we probably will play it before uh, <laughs> mailing it off to our winner. Yeah, <laughs> we'll sanitize it. Yeah. Um, um. So our winner for this time, out of all of our entries, randomly chosen. Um. Every person that entered only got one entry. So if you su- submitted a couple different times, you still only got one. So there's that. Okay. Um. Uh, G. Brandon Hoyt is our winner. Yay! Yeah. Congratulations, G. Brandon. Yeah. So thank you so much for <laughs> us submitting. So um, G. Brandon Hoyt said that I'll challenge you to what I plan to do: a big city, big year. Figure out the exact city limits of your town and do a big year there. Um, They plan on doing Lakeland, Florida. And another suggestion um, is something they did in Yellowstone. Find the same thing everywhere. Uh, (laughs) They looked for a bird, all the all the spots that they stopped at that uh, wasn't common and sought it out. So like red winged blackbird, if you plan a road trip, it would be kind of a cool thing. I totally agree. You know, Mm -hmm. I like to, that's one of the things with the, um, oh, there's an eBird feature the the ticks oh the county ticks yeah, yeah yeah and so like you know every time you see a cardinal in a different county then you get a tick it for counts that. as a new tick yeah 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 so um, which there's... i didn't really get at first and then it was like ooh, where can i see a cardinal now <laughs> <laughs> there, there's there's been a couple uh, uh polls online that i've seen that are like how what's the highest the species that you've seen in the most number of the smallest measurement of your area so for for the united states it's for counties what's the highest number of a bird that you've seen in the most number of counties yeah some other countries they don't go down to that that's small of geographical area on ebird um but yeah it was it was really interesting to like try to find what mine was like i can't remember what it was now but it was it was probably i think it was something like uh um, like cardinal or maybe it was a maybe it's probably like red winged maybe yeah it's probably song sparrow might be song sparrow Uh, i can't remember for sure right now though but just a common bird that you've seen in so many different counties. House Sparrow. House Sparrow, maybe, yeah. I don't well, know. anyways, thank you all for participating. Um, tune in to our next episode to find out what our next Bird Nerd giveaway will be. Yeah. Um, and thank you again to Asbury Games, even though I keep trying to say Ashbury. I'm sorry, it's Asbury, <laughs> um, for collaborating with us on this. It's been a lot of fun sharing back and forth with you all. And if you didn't win and you still want your own copy of this game or one of their other games, make sure to go to their Etsy store, Asbury Games. And we'll make sure to put it in the show notes yeah. too, so you oh, can yeah. just click on the link. But use coupon code uh, GoBirding to receive 20% off if you order by November 7th. So, yeah, so you still got another week and a half, two weeks? Yeah. yeah, so super cool of you all. Thank you so much. So just last little thing before we get into the main uh, story that we are here to tell you about. What you're all here to listen to. Um, so we're going on some trips coming up and we really want to bump into you when we're there, (laughs) if you're going. So we'll be at the Rio Grande Valley Birding Festival, which geez, is like three weeks away right now. So very excited about that. Super close. Getting, I'm getting really excited. Me too. I can't wait to go see Chachalacas and Green Jays. Uh, yeah. And also, um, we're on board for the San Diego Birding Festival, which is in February, mm-hmm. leading bike tours. So sign up for those things if you so wish, and we hope to see you there. Um, and we're also doing something here at our hotel in uh, like two weeks uh, oh, really? for the Stormy Weather Arts Festival. Yeah. 
um, here in Cannon Beach, Oregon, which I forgot is super all about fun. That festival so, coming up. <laughs> if you're in Cannon Beach, um, it is November 6th, I want to say. And we have a couple of our friends who are bird photographers. Yeah, November 6th from 10 to 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, they're bird photographers out of Portland. Uh, fantastic photos. And they're going to be showing them for the Stormy Arts Stormy Weather Arts Festival. <laughs> Stormy Weather Arts Festival here at our hotel. So if you're in the area, stop by for a mimosa and some light snacks and to check out all of their cool artwork. Yeah, and then stick around town the rest of the day and go... Drinking with us. Drink, drinking around town at the galleries and looking at some fine art. We'll be drinking free wine. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Those are the, some of the things coming up, but... Something that we just recently did that's not something that's coming up, but it's in the past. Um, we just got back from a trip to California. Yeah. Um, we went down because uh, Hannah's sister um, so my... fooled us into, tricked us. I don't know. So my family has a tradition of going to Disneyland. I grew up going there, you know, like once a year. Um, and it's just something that, that we enjoy doing. And my sister is a Disney obsessed person. And well, you are too. Just not to the level of her. But you don't like you don't like to buy stuff. That's so true. it doesn't seem like it's as obsessed. But if you bought stuff, you'd be, it would probably be the same. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I spend my money on birding instead. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, she was really excited about the Oogie Boogie Bash, which is like a after hours like Halloween additional party? ticketed event mm-hmm. Halloween party. Um, so she called me up and she's like, "Hey, you want to go?" And I was like, "I guess so." <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so yeah, she tricked us into going. Yeah, so we we went we went down to California. Um, and we we actually hadn't planned on birding. When no, we, we were there we, really. We initially didn't plan on birding at all because we were like, it's three days. You know what can we really do? We weren't going to rent a car. We we're staying like right next to Disneyland. Um, and generally, we when we go to Disneyland, we go open to close. Yeah. We, Place opens at 8, it closes at 10, 11, 12, whatever, whatever for the time of year. And we were looking at like eBird to see what was nearby. Mm-hmm. And there was one place that Eric and I had designated as like, okay, we're going to rent a li- or hire a lift one morning, mm-hmm. go over to the spot and then, you know, see what's there and then go back to Disneyland. And the more yeah. we thought about it, we were like... It's starting to get more and more expensive because we we're going to have to take a lift from the airport to get to the hotel in the first place. That was going to be... 100 bucks, whatever it is. And we've had bad Plus, luck with, yeah. like, hiring Ubers in the past. And so we just, like, weren't entirely sure about doing that. Mm-hmm. So we are like, we talked my sister into, hey, let's rent a car instead. Yeah. So so we rented a car. So we had some availability or some uh, flexibility. Yeah. And then once we pulled that trigger, then it was like, well, we might as well go birding each morning <laughs> before the park opens. Yeah. So then, then it devolved into okay. Well, now how are we going to bring all our optics? How how, how much do we bring? We're going to burn yeah. each day. How much? How much? How many of our optics do we bring? So we didn't bring very much. We we just brought our binoculars. Should have brought a scope, but we didn't. Well, should have brought yeah. a camera, <laughs> but we didn't. But so we brought our binoculars. Um, we at least had optics, and we had a car to get places. Yeah. So um, that's we, a pretty good place to start. That's a, that's a good place to start. And you're in Southern California, so. There's lots of different places to go. Um, we tried to find places that were within a very short drive of our original destination, Disneyland. So that way we're not t- taking too much away from the fam- the quote-unquote family trip that we were taking. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a how to squeeze birding into a family trip without disturbing the family trip <laughs> yeah, sort of trip. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> if you get conned into going to a Disneyland trip, yeah, if you get, here are some good places to go birding. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're if you're on a family trip to Disneyland, you can, st- you can still go birding and still make a full day of Disney each day. Well, so. and like we were looking at our target species and 
the majority of our targets were exotics. Yeah. And so we were like, can we really even go anywhere that we need stuff? Yeah. Um, there were some, though. We had things like California Netcatcher, which yeah. somehow we had missed over, what, 10 trips down to Southern California. Yeah. Um, we had, I, we still had Ridgeway's rail we needed. Mm-hmm. There, there was, there was a number of species. If you've been following along since we went to San Diego two years ago, we yeah. missed Ridgeway's rail yeah, there. We, we missed it hard multiple times. <laughs> Lots of times. Um, but so, we found, we found some places to go real yeah. close. So, um, for like, we were trying to look at, you know, the eBird spots and we were like looking for like the dark red locations. That's typically where I, I find, you know, species, which is probably not the best way to do it. Um, find a place to go is based on like the darkest like hot spot Mm -hmm. and so I was doing that like couldn't really find anything near there and so I decided to just look up targets instead and so I looked up the targets California gnat catcher was up near the top found a location that was 20 minute drive yeah something like that 15 20 minutes Yeah. yeah from where we were at and I was like okay well you know we're our whole trip there is hinged on this one bird and there hasn't been a lot of sightings of it. <laughs> so I was not, you know, super um, positive that we were going to see it. So that morning mm-hmm. we, so woke first, up. First full day of Disney. Yeah. Woke up, went to uh, Upper Newport Bay Nature Reserve and Ecological Reserve. So about 20 minutes I think I said west of, uh, no, you said it right. I did. Yeah, you, know, you, you had all the words, all the right words in the right okay, places. Okay, preserve, reserve, kept throwing yeah. me off. Yeah, so about 20 minutes from Disneyland. Mm-hmm. It's just head basically straight west. Um, get on some highways, go go out west, get to the beach, and you're there. Yeah. Um, super, super awesome location. Huge. Um, there's two two different part, parts. There's the preserve, and then there's the reserve. <laughs> That's what threw me. That's what threw us. Um, um, and so, like, there's a huge parking lot just right off the, the main road there. Mm-hmm. And so that was, like, super handy. It was pretty full, actually, yeah. with people biking. and. It was a Saturday morning skating yeah. and running oh, lots of roller skating, and yeah. yeah there was like a ton of people out there being active there's actually a lot of cars parked on the side of the road so i thought the main parking lot was going to be full but i think it so was I. just because the gates hadn't opened yet when those people got there i, I think so yeah because i think i think the gates open at like seven or six or something like that they open pretty like early that. in the morning um but there was so many people there i don't doubt that people were there before sunrise or right at sunrise yeah to go bike because it was it was it was hopping yeah tons of people there awesome awesome place for you to go if you want to see everyone doing outdoor activities in Southern California. <laughs> and so the whole um, location is about a thousand acres of open space and 135 per, uh, acres of that is the nature preserve. And then the rest of that is the ecological reserve, <laughs> um, which makes it fun. So the nature preserve of the 135 acres is composed of um, bluffs of grasslands and coastal sage scrub. So when you got out there, I kind of thought it looked like it had been burned, you know, because everything was really low. Yeah, it looked like they managed it with fire, but I don't know if... I can't imagine they actually do because California is really anti-fire. Yeah. So... I don't know. Well, it looks it looked like it's fire managed. But. And so there are a handful of trails that went off at that point. We were, you know, looking at the the eBird list, and people had seen the gnat catcher at this um, at this boardwalk. Mm-hmm. And so we we're like, okay, we'll head over to the boardwalk. We had no idea how far it was because I can't look at a map and figure that sort of thing out. I have <laughs> to like see it in person to be able to make it all make sense to me. Yeah. And so I was like, man, we're going to have to walk like a mile to get there. <laughs> I was like, we need to get back to Disneyland, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so what, what time did we get there? It was, pretty, it was pretty early in the morning, 7 o'clock. Yeah, so we got there right about 7 o'clock, um, got our stuff on, and then started towards the Interpretive Center. Mm-hmm. 
because, you know, we figured there's going to be a map there. It can help direct us to where we're going. Um, so I had to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So race down to the interpretive center. Yeah. And really nice bathrooms there that, you know, are open really. They were open early and they're interior bathrooms. So it's not like you're using a porta potty. That's nice. Um, which is, yeah, really nice. And right on the way down, we kind of walked through like a, um, like a wildscape garden. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And it had like feeders and stuff and then a bunch of native plants planted around it. And then, you know, we saw a gnat catcher. Yeah. It was first heard it, which I was, I heard it. And anyone familiar with gnat catchers, it's just kind of like that buzzy, like <laughs> sort of thing. Both of those were terrible impressions. <laughs> <laughs> but if you know gnat catchers, you'll know that that was awful. But uh, we, we, we heard it. And it's like, that's a gnat catcher. But it didn't, like, I'm familiar. We're, we're both really familiar with blue gray gnat catcher. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a gnat catcher, but that doesn't sound right. That's not exactly right. And, so it was like I have to stand here and look and look and look. I have to find I have to find this because it's probably the Cal- it's got to be the California. <laughs> no, because we it's like, different. <laughs> except I was like, it can't be. Like people were seeing it at the boardwalk, and it's yeah. like we couldn't just like walk just, up and get it. It, it couldn't like, be. It couldn't be like the third bird that, that we have for the yeah. day. Yeah, <laughs> we we had. Uh, what we started off, we had California tohi. We had a couple morning doves. We had a hummingbird, and then all of a sudden we hear this. Yeah, and it's like it can't. It's fourth bird of the morning. <laughs> it can't be the fourth bird when it's our target. That's that doesn't make any sense. Um, but we stand there and listen, and listen, and listen, and we listen, listen on Merlin, um, to it uh, to ourselves. It's like well, that sounds I think, like it. I think we did the sound idea. We, on we did do this. You're right. We did do the sound idea on Merlin, and it and came it, up, and, and it, it came like... up as California. So it's like okay, well. That's more evidence. We're we're getting closer, and then and then we finally saw it. Yeah, it, it popped out, and it's like, oh, okay, well, there we go. It's it uh, it doesn't have uh it do, it doesn't have the white on the on the under under tail like the big white patches that the um the blue grays the blue grays have. have, and it was like mostly just kind of like black all over with just a tiny little thin line of white. So it's like. Okay, awesome. It sounds it sounds like a California. It looks like a California. It's a California. Yeah. Awesome. It smells like a California. Smells tastes like, like a California. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We didn't get that close. I think yeah, we didn't get quite that close. But it, they were very vocal. I got a handful of recordings on my phone because we were on a trip for Disneyland, so I didn't bring a lot of uh, yeah, equipment. Yeah, yeah. Remember, ten minutes ago we yeah, talked. Ten about minutes it. ago we talked about this. I had no <laughs> no equipment, just binoculars. Um, so I was trying to get recordings on my phone. Um, I'll see if I can put them on the the checklist. I can't remember if I even put them on the checklist yet or not, but. I'll, I'll get them on there and you can hear what we heard. Um, but yeah, right there. Boom. Target. It's like, oh, this is awesome. So then Hannah, Hannah ran to the bathroom. And, <laughs> and then Eric got, yeah, all the evidence came back and there were blue gray gnat catchers there too. Yeah. So. Yeah. We moved, moved a little bit down the trail and there's blue gray. So it's like, oh, so now it's like, it's not, now we can hear the major difference between, it's quote unquote major, but it's the difference between the two gnat catchers. So it's like, oh, awesome. We got some good audio from both gnat catchers to, to tell them apart. Yeah, so, I mean, that we got our target in, like, 10 minutes, which was amazing. And, yeah. you know, we talked, <clears throat> I think we've talked a couple times now, or I've mentioned it, about how, um, like, if, if there's not regular postings of a species, then I'm, like, I, you know, look at the hotspot, and I'm, like, oh, I'm not really sure we're going to see it, because uh, there's not a whole lot of postings here. Yeah. Kind of like what I've said about tufted puffins out here, is that people aren't posting them every day. Mm-hmm. And so then people might look at eBird and think that they're not seen every day. Yeah. And but they are there every single day. Well, and I wonder if that's the thing yeah. about the gnat catchers, is that they're there every day, it's just people aren't birding it every single morning. Yeah, and that, that place had a fair number of lists, a pretty high number of lists, but it's just not every single day. Yeah. And it's, it's just a fair, it's a large number of lists over a number of years, so when when you're looking at it, it's like okay well it's been three weeks since someone saw it and it's mm-hmm. just because a birder hasn't birded there for three weeks yeah so 
So um, we kept on walking a little further down towards the ecological reserve section of it, <laughs> of the site. And um, it's interesting because you're just like walking down through people biking and, yeah, you know. Yeah, tons of people like having a good time out there. Getting getting some exercise early in the morning. Yeah, I feel bad about like stopping and birding. <laughs> it's like somebody's gonna come up running behind me. <laughs> uh, um, the, the trail was wide enough. People people were able to comfortably get around everyone. It was it was nice. Yeah. So the reserve, uh, like I said, has those plant communities there, and so it supports three different species, uh, three you know sensitive species: the gnatcatcher, the San Diego cactus wren, and burrowing owl. So it's a it's a really good site for a lot of different species. Yeah. Um. And so we left there and just tons of cool things like lots of common yellow throats were popping up yeah lots of common. Um, a little lower from the interpretive center yeah and then when and then on our way back we saw that uh dark hawk oh that yeah was super exciting we had I, t- I took a bunch of pictures through the um uh through my binoculars because mm-hmm. no optics yeah uh, <laughs> digiscoped digiscoped them through my binoculars i uh, got a handful of pictures it was a dark dark morph red tail but man was it dark like, yeah it was that that was probably the darkest dark morph that I've seen in a long time. Well, and it was so active too; like it was going yeah. all throughout the like area that we said looked like it had been burned, like mm-hmm. the sage um, area. Like it was just back and forth, and it chased a rabbit, and that was up on the light pole, and it was just all over the place. Yeah, and it didn't really care. Like lots of cars parked all around, people loading their bikes, unloading their bikes, getting their roller skates on, all that stuff, and it didn't. Didn't even seem to mind that it would just be like right above somebody as they're unloading out of their car. And I was like, it has to be a fruginous. It has to be a fruginous. <laughs> Please be a fruginous. And so, yeah, that's why we got a bunch of pictures. Tons and tons of pictures. And posted it. And they were like, no, it's a red tail. It's like, red of tail. course it's a red uh, tail. Of course. Yeah. I think as we were pulling out of there, it's like, it's it's a red tail. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we had decided, okay, fine. It's a red tail. That's that's what it is. So we just posted it on the off chance that somebody would say it's it, a fruginous. Yeah. We po- yeah, we posted it on iNaturalist like... With Hawk SP. <laughs> like, yeah, it could be something else, you know, you know. And then people came back real quick. <laughs> Red tail. It's like, oh, okay, fine. Um, fine. And so we, we barely explored the ecological reserve section of the site because we were, tr- you know, trying to get back on the rest of our trip. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's huge. It's over 700 acres. It's one of the largest coastal wetlands in California. And it's a winter migration spot for thousands of species. Mm-hmm. And we, or thousands of birds. In several species. Hundreds of thousands of species. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not what I meant. Maybe not that many species. Um, but if you had a good spotting scope, you'd be able to see down to that estuary and I'm sure see just tons and tons of ducks and things. Like yeah. from the vantage points that we were able to get with just our binoculars. Yeah. You know, we had great egrets out there. We had a lot of... Um... Yeah, there was coots and there was uh, some teal that were all just kind of... Floating around like in a little canal that was kind of halfway out there, and then widgeons and mallards, and mallards and, yeah, yeah. And we weren't even there for like the the winter migration; it hadn't occurred yet. So um, it can be just a fantastic spot, and I know that I'll definitely want to go back and explore it a bit more the next time that we're down there. Oh yeah, it's huge, and and there is it's. I'm sure it's if you go there every month or go there different seasons, you're going to get all sorts of different stuff. Yeah, just because of how open it is and how how accessible it is for birders to get to different things. Yeah. So lifer California gnat catcher mm-hmm. was amazing there. Um, and then also seen that red tail dark morph. That was cool. 
So at that point, went back, went to Disneyland. Yeah. Um, kind of dinked around there all day, and we'll get into some of our Disneyland burning hotspots, uh, in in a few minutes. So. Yeah. But 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 first, let's do the things that you could do. So the next day. Yeah. We so, got up early again the next day. Yep. Um. And this again, time, we didn't want to disturb the Disney day, so we had to get up early and go head out before the park before the park opens at eight, and get get birding and get all of our birding in uh, before eight o'clock. And so this next location that we went to, we went there because that was a good place to find Ridgeways rails. Yes, and that was our target for that day. And then my secret target of Elegant Turn <laughs> that I that I had not gotten and Hannah got years ago here in Clatsop County. Yeah, so I. I I should have, you know, done better at trying to prevent you from getting that bird. You should have worked harder at it, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so get out to, Bo- we went to Bolsa Chica Ecological Reserve, which is a little bit further yeah. than uh, the upper Newport. Was, I think it was close to a half hour. About, yeah. yeah. And so you're like all the way out at the beach mm-hmm. there. And <laughs> we had message, or we had, you know. Because there's Bolsa Chica State Beach, mm-hmm. State Park Beach, State Beach, that's uh, just north of there. Um, along the coast, and then there's the ecological reserve. So it's it is literally on the coast. And I'd been uh, messaging with one of my friends about where we were going because they live in the area, mm-hmm. and so the, she was trying to give me some direction of like what we should be doing. And I told her, oh, we're gonna go out there, you know, on that next day. And she's like, oh, okay, well, there's gonna be a um, air show, so mm-hmm. just you know, be aware of that because there might be lots of people out there. Yeah, it was like the air show starts at like ten or something. It's like yeah. okay, well, we're hoping to be out of there by then. Oh yeah. So. So it shouldn't disturb us, but maybe it'll cause some parking issues. So we get out on the... That's not an island. It's, it's kind of like a barrier island, though, it's, it, it, appear, it appeared to be. I don't think it really is, but it, it kind of seems like it. Because the highway runs... It's on like a dike that runs right right behind the beach, but then there's a wetland. Yeah. So So anyways, um, get out there, and then there's all these big signs that say, like, oil spill, air show canceled. And... <laughs> I was like, how big could this oil spill be that they'd cancel an air show? And Eric's like, oh, it's not a big deal. They just canceled the air show. It's like, they canceled the air show. That's a big deal. Yeah, I I, I was just thinking like, oh, whatever. This, this seems like ODOT just put up some signs for canceled air show. It's like, okay, whatever. And but then we find out <laughs> it's a huge deal. It was a huge deal. I had no idea. There was, there was all, there was, uh, I think it was 100, 126,000 gallons of oil had been uh, spilled just offshore, um, basically straight offshore from Bolsa Chica. You're probably all aware of this. I'm sure everyone's aware. It was in national news. It was all over the place. Um, Tons of oil spilled. Um, As we were going through, it was the morning after the spill. The spill had occurred that previous evening. Yeah. And so it was the morning. So that was Sunday. That was Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And the spill had occurred Saturday evening, I think. Something like that. Um, And so they already had booms out there uh, protecting the inlet for Bolsa Chica, which was... Nice. We we saw the booms, and I again didn't even think twice about it. It's like yeah. okay, booms, whatever. It must be for I, I assume must be for garbage. Didn't even think that it was for uh, the, oil. the oil spill that, that there were signs for. But we we get down there, and there's the plate the plate the parking lot was pretty full. Yeah, and a lot of people just walking. Yeah, it it, it apparently didn't uh, hinder parking or it didn't hinder people. But wanting to all go of out the there. all the state beach like accesses mm-hmm. were just empty. Yeah, they were just empty on on, and, on the beach side. Yeah, and I figured if there's an air show, they're going to be full of RVs and people uh-huh. like tailgating yeah. and things like that, and they were just like just empty. empty. Yeah. So that was wild that we got there, um, but we didn't you know know that at the time. Learned more about it after we got back because we weren't looking at the news that morning. Yeah, we were going birding. 
So anyways, so Bolsa Chica Ecological Reserve, it's about 1,300 acres of coastal estuary with open water, mudflats, salt marsh, coastal dunes, seabird nesting islands, and riparian and freshwater marsh. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different habitats there that support, you know, many different species of wildlife. And it has a really long and interesting history of that site. Um, you know, starting off as a natural landscape that supports a variety of wildlife species. It eventually became part of a gun club. There was oil drilling the military (laughs) used it. There was a railway out there. There was a section of time where it was called Tin Can Beach, where there was, I think it said like 300 tons of garbage that were out there. So much garbage. And housing development. And then now it's an ecological reserve. Nice. So that landscape has been through a lot. <laughs> yeah. And it, um, look, reading through it, it sounded, it was really interesting that it's, um, it was cut off from the ocean uh-huh. for most of that time frame. They, I think it was like 1899 to like 2004, 2006. Yeah. So it, it was cut off for a long time. And then they just recently, in terms of its time, time frame of being a developed area. Yeah has been reconnected to the ocean. So now it's tidally influenced again. But for for years, it was completely cut off. Yeah, so it's just, it's amazing going out there. And we hadn't realized that until we were like doing some research on on the site. Mm -hmm. But it's, yeah, incredible to think about all that it's been through. And now it's this really amazing burning location that like lots of people go out there. Yeah, and so it it was in the news for the oil spill. Mm -hmm. And if any of you guys remember... Back six, was it seven, six, six months ago in May. Yeah. It was in the news again for a huge, a, a disaster that actually was significant that uh, somebody was flying their drone in an area that they should not have been flying their drone and crashed it right in the middle of the elegant turn colony Ugh. and caused all of the turns to abandon their nest. That's wild. Which re- reading the stories about, about this, it sounded like the, um, the area is receiving more than double its normal um, capacity or mm-hmm. normal uh, visitation numbers because of COVID. So many more people going out and visiting nature, which is awesome going out and visiting nature, but it's stressing the resources. Yeah. Um, so they're stressing the resources. They're stressing the birds that were beginning their nesting season. And then, they, so they're already stressed. Lots of dogs, lots of people. And then somebody crashes a drone right into the middle of the colony and it caused them all to flush and just abandon the nest, hmm. which it was really close to the beginning, so there's the possibility that they all re-nested somewhere else. Um, but it still caused um, 1,500 nests to get abandoned, all because somebody was flying where they shouldn't have been flying. So it, that was in the news as well. So this place that we went, two major impacts, a drone a drone crashing, and yeah. then oil spill all in one year. Yeah. It's, it's taken a beating this year. But, you know, it's <laughs> nice because there's so many people that love that site. I think mm-hmm. when I was looking it up, there's three different nonprofits that work out there and, you know, focus on, have different focuses on Bolsa Chica and what they do. But there's so many people that love it and want to care for it in, in a way that, you know, supports wildlife and supports um, humans being out there yeah. in a safe and, you know, conscious manner. Oh, yeah. So, uh, went birding out there. It, it, we got there, like, right at sunrise and it was yeah. absolutely gorgeous. S- 6.45, I think, is what time we... Uh... Got, got on an, site. Got an earlier start yeah. that day. <laughs> got an earlier start. To, yeah, we we actually got up early, so we we only gave ourselves like five hours of sleep, four hours of sleep maybe. Um, um, and so <clears throat> there's like this walk, like we parked at the the main parking lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess there's there's a couple parking lots because there's an interpretive center that's somewhere else. Yeah. But we parked at the the main one for the bridge that goes across. Yeah, the, 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 the bay. walk bridge slash inner bay is the hot spot that we use. So the parking lot closest to that. 
And, you know, just walking down there, like, it took us, like, 30, 40 minutes to walk, like, what, a half a mile yeah, across lots, this Lots this and bridge. lots of birds. So right in, right in the right in the parking lot where the bathroom's at. And it's um, not a flush toilet, so be be aware. Be prepared. Be, be ready. I think um, there was, like, real bathrooms, though, in all of those parking lots that were on the beach. On, on the beach side, yeah. Yeah. But, but here, it's it was a, a non-flush toilet. <laughs> um voters but, don't deserve flushing nah that's, that's fine we deal it's all good we deal. um but but the parking lot was busy yeah was nice nice little um bridge or bridge slash bridge walk walkway sure sure yeah yeah um couple couple feet above the water that you can uh walk and just walk right through the middle of the wetlands mm-hmm. there's lots of egrets there was uh lots coots, of pigeons. tons of pigeons hanging out yeah <laughs> Black-bellied plovers. We had tons of black-bellied plovers, uh, kind of working their way back and forth as they're they're feeding in the in the shallow water there. And terns flying overhead. Yeah, which I was super excited. Mostly foresters, but we uh, we found some elegance mixed did, into the crowd. We did get Eric some lifer elegance. <laughs> lifer elegant turn. Finally, it's the numbers weren't huge. Um, it's it was the end of the season, so even if they probably hadn't been disturbed, they probably numbers probably would have still been low. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but we got a handful less than 10, I think. Um, and so our main target turns. was the Ridgeways rail. Yes, um, main target. I mean, got that elegant for Eric, but yes. yeah, we were looking for that Ridgeways. <laughs> and people were just saying, like, it's right off the boardwalk. And so I was, like, you know, fastidiously, like, looking mm-hmm. for the Ridgeways rail. Like, any movement, you know, and we get all the way across, and it's like, no rail. Black like, Black all these Black people Black are liars. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was really kind of frustrating. <laughs> and then we went up to where the turn colony was. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered the whole thing that happened with the drones yeah. and was just kind of like in shock and awe that like, oh, we're actually at this place that, you know, I'd read about, heard about. Mm-hmm. And there were horned larks all yeah, over the place. All over the place in that area. Running back and forth. Um, so, you know, we just kind of continued along to like the point where you like, I don't know, there's a point at the end with some benches. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's much the, more the, the trail just keeps on going and it, it goes, it goes a long ways, which we could have kept on going, but again, we wanted to Disneyland. We wanted to not disturb the rest of the family in the trip. So we <laughs> needed to, needed to get back to get back to the rest of the family. Um, so anyway, so we got out to that point and, and there were a couple of sandbars that were full of uh, shorebirds mm-hmm. and, you know, like godwits and turnstones and least sandpipers, wimbrels, Longbow uh, curlew, a couple of longbow curlews out mm-hmm. there, um, and then black belly plovers. Lots of black belly plovers out there while we were there, um, and of course willets flying around, yes, screaming, screaming at us. Um, so you know it was pretty good out there. There's a lot of flies, but that's kind of what you get with. Yeah, like, but there weren't there weren't biting flats. flies though. Yeah, yeah. So it was just stuff bugging you right in the face, but nothing nothing biting. And the, there were oil. We saw oil rigs like off in the distance, and I didn't really realize the implication until yeah, you know, afterwards. Um, so that was foreshadowing. Foreshadowing for what was already going on that we just didn't know. <laughs> so, so we kind of pulled ourselves away from uh, from that spot and started back towards the, the bridge, the mm-hmm. walkway. And we were like, okay, well, we're not going to find the Ridgeways rail. Walking along. Well, and, but we took solace in that we're going back down in February to San Diego. Mm-hmm. And we'll make a better better effort when we go to San Diego. Yeah. Like, that's that's a good spot. People see him lots of Lots of different places down there. We'll be we'll be fine. We'll see it then. Yeah. So then I noticed. I think I found it. Yeah, you noticed. I noticed it, yeah. often like some of the rushes or reeds that there was there's a little rail like poking along, like working its way along, and we're yeah. like Ridgeway Rail. <laughs> yes. Looks very similar to Clapper Rail. Yeah. But uh, 
But it wasn't a clapper. Yeah, a it was just like <laughs> it was out. Th- like everybody was saying, like, oh, you know, they're just out there, like playing around. Like you see them really easily. Yeah, was, like some of the pictures online were like a Ridgeway rail literally standing in the middle of the flat water. Somebody had one like swimming in the middle of the the estuary. See, I I, I think it was standing. That picture that okay. I, I think it's standing, but it's like literally like. There's, it's a hundred feet wide and it's standing 50 feet from either side, like right in the center that is of just not, flat water. That's just not out there rail the behavior. As, as open as you could possibly be. It's just standing out there. It's like, that's, that's, that's wrong. Something uh, that's, that's not right. No. <laughs> that bird got dropped or something. Yeah. <laughs> Fell on its head. Yeah. It's misidentified. That's, that's a, that's a black belly plover. It's, it's gotta be something <laughs> else. It's, it can't be a rail, but it was. And, and the first rail we found was. It was kind of hiding. It was, yeah. it was it was at the edges. It was in the it was in the rushes trying to poke along and feed. But we ended up seeing three of them yeah. along the way. So the, that the, was amazing. The last one we saw was like fully out in the open like I I got some videos and pictures on my phone. I think I posted them on Facebook. Yeah. Um through digiscope through my binoculars like trying to hold you know the whole contraption <laughs> up in your face and everything. Um but I got him he's just kind of sitting there looking back and forth walking around just in the in the wide open which is not a not what I'm used to for rail behavior. But, Seriously. But yeah, awesome looks at the Ridgeways Rail, finally. Gosh, and that was just such an awesome spot. I mean, besides all those things, we also had a reddish egret. And I mean, when was the last time we saw a reddish egret? It's, it's been, a been a while. Yeah. Um, there were white pelicans out there, brown pelicans out there, blue herons, snowy egrets. Like, it's a really good sight. We were only out there for, you know, like uh, 45 minutes, went half a mile, and had 26 species. Mm-hmm. And 26 different species, too. Not just kind of like the same old, same old American Robin. You know, that sort of thing. Like, yeah. it, it's a, a really variety. cool sight. A, re- a really good variety for 45 minutes worth of birding. I can see why people go out there. <laughs> I mean, besides the oil spill. Yeah. Yeah. Which the oil spill did not um, did not negatively impact the reserve as far as the news was heard. I, we, we didn't go back out there after they after everything was said and done with it because we had to come back to Oregon. But uh, the like looking at everything on the news, it looks like the currents and the stuff that they did did protect the reserve. Some of the beaches were pretty heavily impacted. Uh, big globs of oil and yeah. lots of fish fish kills um, yeah. along the along the beach side. But they were able to keep oil from getting into the reserve. And there was another reserve further south, closer to Huntington Beach, that um, was the same way that they mm-hmm. were able to keep most of the oil out of it. So that was. I was going to sound like only four birds ended up getting getting found covered in oil. Ugh. So it's four birds. Yeah. So four birds is four birds. It's, sure. it's no bueno. But uh, the but they they were able to mostly mitigate most of the damage to the reserves. Yeah. Mostly. Um, yeah. So I I know I definitely want to go out there. And it said on the um, Bolsa Chica like one the conservancies page that you know a section of it has is being restored. Um, since 2004, they, they've been working on restoring it and over the next 25 years or so, it's going to, you know, increase in, in habitat value. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to go out there again someday and, you know, see those changes and also just sit there and enjoy like the turns flying over and yeah, it'd be the... nice to go there in, in like the spring. Yeah. Sometime. Yeah. Especially with the, I mean, I don't want to cause additional stress to the elegant turn population, yeah. but it's. If you ever listen to our second episode, I think, when we're at um, Huguenot Beach yeah. in um, in Florida, like, it's just incredible to sit there with this turn colony, everybody being super Thousands loud. Thousands of turns. And like, obnoxious. Yeah, they're, they're, t- turn colonies are loud. Yeah. And they're, they're very exciting. And 
That's something that um, I didn't I didn't really mention when the drone knocked all these guys flying uh-huh. is birds have a couple different types of group behavior, and some of the, some of the things like uh, having really high group fidelity versus sight fidelity. So something that elegant turns the reason they all flushed is because they have a really high group fidelity. They want to keep their group together, mm-hmm. so they're more interested in their survival strategy of having a large group sticking together than the individual nest surviving. So that's why as soon as a, a big portion of them started to fly, the rest of them are like, we got to keep this group together. And so they all, even though they weren't initially disturbed, they mm-hmm. stuck together with the group and all all flushed all at once rather mm-hmm. than just a group of 25 flying away. They, I guess it just kind of causes this chain reaction that all of them fly. I guess that's why like in Oregon, when we see them here, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, every couple of years we'll have like a group yeah. come through. And like when I saw them, like there's, there's 40 of, of them, there's yeah. 40 of them, which mm-hmm. seemed like, huh, rare bird. Like that's kind of a lot. <laughs> but they've got that really high, um, that group mentality. They need to stick together. That's mm-hmm. their defense strategy. They just are, they want to be in that big group. That's interesting. Yeah. It's like the passenger pigeon thing. Like, sure. Yeah. Once the group gets below a certain size, the rest of the group can't survive. So then they just kind of start not surviving. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Different so, survival strategies. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So that was a great place to go. The, you know, upper um, Newport Bay area was a really cool place to go to. So definitely a couple places that you might consider going mm-hmm. if you get wrangled into a Disney trip. Um <laughs> If you're at Disneyland, there's a couple of spots that we want to mention that we think you might find some good birds at. Yeah. So if you have been in Disneyland or if you're interested in going and birding in Disneyland and California Adventure. It can be a really good spot. Yeah. They they do a really... Disney spends a lot of money on, on landscaping. Yeah. And making sure they have lots of landscaping so that you can't see stuff you're not supposed to see. So mm-hmm. it hides rides. It hides different lands so you can't see other lands they plant trees and they plant bushes so that you can't can't see stuff so there's a lot of vegetation around mm-hmm. so it can it can be of interest some of it's non-native stuff some of it's native stuff it just kind of depends on the land that you're in and what sure. what sort of things they're planting but there's some there's some cool habitats interesting habitats yeah so um one spot is alongside that the new uh star wars world that they mm-hmm. built galaxy's it, edge it's called galaxy's edge um <laughs> so the the intersection between Galaxy's Edge and Frontierland, we stopped there for a little bit because mm-hmm. there were just birds all over the place. Yeah, so that that's always been a good spot to bird. It's always um, that's where we got our lifer green heron. Yeah, um, at at that spot, it's and got, we saw there's like a little a red-shouldered pond. Hawk we saw a red shouldered hawk there the year after the green heron. I think uh-huh. um, it's a really good spot. It has like this weird tunnel that really serves no purpose. I think at some point in time that did something. But uh, it's, it's like, like this a, little pond. It's an empty mine. An empty mine. Or a, yeah. Yeah, an empty a mine shaft. Mine. Yeah. Um, but there's there's a pond there, and there's um, there's some eucalyptus trees, and there's some other trees around. So trees that provide uh, bugs. And then the pond has little fish, mosquito fish, and stuff like that in yeah. it. So you have, have the potential for birds to be in that area. And it's also not a very heavily trafficked area. Mm-hmm. So it's more heavily trafficked now that they've created a land. Um, back behind there, but but it's a really good spot for birds. We had to, that we had. Uh, I think the list that I made there, I said that there was uh, um, unidentified passerine. Yeah, because I we couldn't tell what it was. It was too high, but we didn't na- have binoculars. Didn't have binoculars while we were in Disneyland. 
Um, but I'm pretty sure it was the swine hose wide eye that we saw later. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what those were. Okay. They're, they were about the right size. They're flitting I around so about and, and we saw, we got a kind of a look at one of them and I thought it was a Vireo. And mm-hmm. I was like, we were trying to like look and try to figure out what kind of Vireos are there. And none and, of the Vireos matched for yeah. the field marks that we could see with our naked eye. So, so that's a really good spot for birding right there. So mm-hmm. if, if you're tired, tired of walking, there's a couple of benches that you can plop down and see, see what comes across that little patch of habitat. Yeah. So that's a good one. Uh, the Rivers of America can be a good spot. I mean, I've seen cormorants there. Coots. And coots, yeah. yeah, and mallards. Mallards, of course, yeah, yeah. Lots of mallards everywhere. So not like super interesting species, but there's some birds. But there, are, but there are, again, there's trees and stuff planted along the Rivers of America that uh, if you have binoculars and you're looking, you could probably find some some interesting warblers and stuff in it. And we've never really gone out to like um, uh, Tom Sawyer's Island to go birding. No. But that could be potentially be a good spot too, mm-hmm. and then that's just another side of the rivers of America. Yeah, so it's it's a less populated area of the park too, so less people, usually more birds. <laughs> in, and we were talking about Disney, <laughs> um, the the line for haunted mansion. Oh yeah, that has been a really good spot for us. And like, so like I said, I've been going to Disneyland a lot of my life, and so I like. You know, I'm I'm pretty good at figuring out like which line to go into when, mm-hmm. and like so we don't um, so we don't stand in line in the hot sun exactly too and, long, and so we don't like ever really stand in like any of these outside lines for very long. But the haunted mansion one is definitely one that I wouldn't. I'm... <laughs> the haunted mansion <laughs> is a ride that I wouldn't wait in line for a long time for, but its line is really good. The line the line is really good. Because it butts up against the the train, but you know they try to make it seem like you're you're not right next to the train. So there is a lot of vegetation. Mm-hmm. Like there's these huge there's uh, a big shrubs there's a big there. berm with some shrubs, and then the trees poking out of the top of that. And when we were staying in line, of course we didn't have binoculars, but yep. there were a ton of warblers like flying around in those trees. Oh, yeah. I imagine mostly yellow rumps. Probably. Um, I think I heard some yellow rump chimps, uh, chips, um, but. Yeah, lots of warblers. Um, we've we've had bantail pigeons in that yeah. line before. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had groups of like large groups of bantail pigeons, which is not something that I picture in a populated area. Like I know, that. Huh? but but they're there. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really good line, and it and it, it moves kind of fast, so it's kind of kind of hard to bird while you're moving that fast through the line. But yeah, yeah, that one's pretty consistent, like flow through yeah. the line. So, so it's not a lot of standing and waiting unless it breaks down. Yeah. Um, this year we tried behind Grizzly River Rapids, but because they were doing the Oogie Boogie Bash in California Adventure, mm-hmm. we weren't able to really bird there yeah, because that, they that had it closed, closed off. Yeah. But I would imagine it's pretty good. Um, cause it's, it's kind of a less populated area. It's kind of a bypass that goes behind underneath mm-hmm. the, um, the lift for the rapids ride and then kind of curls around behind it. Um, it's less populated. It's located smack dab in the center of the ride but there's um lots of uh i think i think there are lodgepole pines um Uh that are planted all along the edge and then some of the shorter shrubs but they're really sparse so it's kind of could be hit and miss it just kind of depends on i think it would depend on the time of year well and i was gonna say that you know it's probably a lot more native species in there too because it's it's depicting california exactly yeah yeah, that's the state we're in in Mm -hmm. that right yeah (laughs) um so yeah so that has potential but we don't know and then also the line for uh, Small World. We didn't realize until, I mean, that's not a ride we go on every single year. But this year, you know, yeah. we rolled the dice and went. We rolled the dice. And there was really good birding in that line. But yeah. again, it moved too fast. So we it, didn't it really get to see anything. It moved pretty quick. Um, the trees, so the trees, 
Oh, we had with bush the tits there. We had bush tits there. Yeah. I think the white the white eyes were there mm-hmm. also. Um, the white eyes were everywhere, everywhere. And that was a lifer for us. It was a lifer. Yeah, we got and, right near the Walt statue. And it's one of the ex- one of those introduced exotics. Yeah. So it's like not an ABA cannibal bird, but it's a lifer. So it was interesting to see. It was an interesting bird. Um, made a weird so- sound. Yeah. So- song sound. Yeah, whatever. Um, but it, and it was kind of cool looking. Um, but the the trees around Small World are all short because mm-hmm. they're like I think they're to make. So the trees don't seem so menacing for the kids. Yeah. Disney does a lot of things so that little kids can see things at a different scale than what they would if they're out, out in the world. Disney's very creative. They're very creative yeah. about the way they do scale. Um, scale and perspective is a big thing. In addition to everything else they do. Yeah. but So the trees are short. Um, short and then they're uh, topiary. No, the trees trees are cut as topiary. Um, so they're short. They're cut into different shapes mm-hmm. that are other than just boxes. There's animals and all sorts of cool shapes that they cut them into so they keep them nice and short so the so the birds end up being closer so you can bird it without binoculars for the most part so and then a cup so those are some really good spots to check out if Mm -hmm. you are in disneyland and need a birding break um but there's some other things that you might consider when you are out there um there are fake bird calls like in different (laughs) spaces so disney you know they try to make the whole thing an experience so like a lot of places you walk there'll be specific smells that are pumped out. Like if you're walking down main street, you know, there's the candy smell. So then you go in and buy candy. You can smell, you can smell the caramel from the caramel apples. You can smell the popcorn. And then it smells delicious. It smells delicious. And Uh, then once you go in and get, get yourself some (laughs) spend your money. Uh, But they also have bird calls playing Mm -hmm. in different places. And I think a lot of that is to add to the experience, but also to like cover up sounds. Cover up. Of other Ride things. sounds, yeah, the, and, the mechanisms and stuff. Yeah. And so we were standing at the pond that's near Frontierland, like Eric was explaining at the beginning of yeah. this little section where we saw a green heron once. And there were just a, a variety of different calls. And I put up Merlin, and Merlin could not figure out any of them because none of them were native no, no, <laughs> to none where of, we were. Yeah, none of the calls. Geolocated. Exactly, yeah. So there was, there was Cardinal. There was a, a wide-eyed vireo call mm-hmm. a couple times, which um, you're not going to get cardinal. You're not going to get wide-eyed vireo um, naturally occurring in 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 L.A. Yeah. Um, and so, like, there there was there was a number of other species that you'd hear calling that they're just like they're interesting calls that uh, and and Frontierland is not a specific geographic location in the country that they're trying to represent. They're just trying to represent the frontier. So yeah. They're, they're not holding themselves to, oh, these have to be birds from California sure, or anything yeah. like that. So so they, they can take some license and say, oh, anywhere could have been the frontier. So mm-hmm. they can use any bird species and still fall within, like, this is real <laughs> sort of thing. But, yeah, it's, it, lots of different bird calls calling that weren't necessarily birds that would be together or would be in this area. So when you're there, challenge yourself to try to figure out those yeah. because that was kind of fun. <laughs> also, we were challenging ourselves to find different birds depicted in different places. Like when we were at Small World. The topiary. Yeah, the topiary <laughs> on top of a, I think it was a hippo. There was um, there was a. Like was, a stork of some sort? Yeah, there was a stork. Um, so that was kind of fun. I was, I was taking pictures of birds that aren't real birds. Yeah. Um, it was just kind of our fun little non-traditional, you know, big year <laughs> thing. So there's, there's a lot of options if you are a birder and you go to Disneyland to, um, take it to a different level, you know, yeah. and have your birder experience. And and still not ruin the experience for the rest of your non-birding family. <laughs> you can go birding early in the morning if you're, if you're willing to just put in that extra effort. Yeah. Um, uh, to get out there and go birding before, before the park opens. And the day that, uh. We went out to Bolsa Chica. We were able to make it back to the park for opening. For opening, so we were, we were there 
we still had to stay, we ended up having to stay in the line for a few minutes still too, before they even opened. Yeah. So we were able to go birding, get to, me, get two lifers, Hannah, get a lifer, do some cool birding at a really cool spot and then still make it back in time to be able to go into the park and get a full day of Disney. Um, and so we did the Oogie Boogie Bash yes. just real quick about oh, that. Yeah, real quick, so yeah. that was that California adventure. Um, Eric, we, we were like racking our brains for like weeks trying to figure out like a good costume <laughs> for it because there's a lot of people to dress up for it and a lot of people to put a lot of effort into it. And generally dressing up as Disney characters. Yeah. And so we didn't have like, we were thinking like, oh, maybe the couple from Up and, you know, like yeah. trying to do couple costumes. And then for some reason, I just decided Eric should be Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Which, if you do a little bit of retcon on this, uh, Teddy Roosevelt... <laughs> Was in, Haunt, or in Night, at uh, Night at the Museum. Night at the Museum, five years after its release date, Paramount was purchased. No, this year. Was it this year? It was this year. So it was, so the when the movie, the movie came out in like 2013? Oh, yeah, it's an old movie. So um, this year, it was the rights to 21st, I think it's 21st Century <laughs> Fox, was purchased by Disney, which then makes all movies that were made by Fox Disney movies now. So there we go. Now, Teddy Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt is, is, a, Disney is a Disney character. So there we go. I, I was dressed as, as a Disney character. And so I did it. I dressed as Amelia Earhart from that movie. <laughs> from the same movie. So there we go. That's same same retcon to get um, Amelia Earhart as a Disney character. So nobody was super impressed by our, our <laughs> costumes. Eric looked strikingly like Teddy Roosevelt. There's, mean, there's pictures on Facebook. You, I'll, we can, I'll post it. We'll yeah, him, yeah. I'll post it onto the, our Facebook page. But he looked a lot like Teddy Roosevelt. And it was kind of funny because we went to... California Adventure before the Oogie Boogie Bash started because I wanted to get pictures of Eric like as Teddy Roosevelt in like on location yeah. and so we were like <laughs> taking pictures in uh, Grizzly Bear Rapids kind of that area since it's more natural and somebody walked up to him and they were like they thought I was a cast member <laughs> they were like um I have a question <laughs> And he was like, uh, I don't work here. <laughs> they were like, oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, well, if you have any questions about the Panama Canal or like presidential <laughs> things, like go ahead and ask this guy. But then I was Amelia Earhart and there's this plane you're soaring over California mm. that um, we took pictures of me next to the plane. And some people like saw me like getting ready to take pictures and they were like looking at me and they were like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm taking pictures. And they're like, oh, we thought you were going to fly it. I was like, well, I don't know if I'd be the best one to fly it. <laughs> hey, she was a great pilot. She just disappeared. Yeah, no. She's I, gone. <laughs> I, yeah, I was, I felt really, yeah. like, I don't really know a whole lot about Amelia Earhart, but it was really cool to be her. And then um, we went on Soaring Over California, mm -hmm. like, right, that was like one of our last rides. Yeah. And there were pictures of her in there. And I'm like, it's like, oh my gosh, that's me. That's me. There I am. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was fun. Yeah, so that was that was a lot of fun. We had we had a great time at Disney. We had a great time birding each day before we went to Disney. And it was fun to have a challenge of like how can we how can we bird at Disney, you know, in in a way that would that other people could do it. Yeah, and, and then and then also like like I, I wanted to emphasize like be able to bird at Disney and not ruin the rest <laughs> of the family vacation. Yeah, like every, everyone else wants to go to Disney. That's what that's what everyone's down down there for. We want to try to squeeze in some birding. How can we get that done without too heavily impacting the rest of the family having a good vacation. Sure. And I, I think I think we did a good job. I mean, your, your we sister got was, yeah. We got three. I got three lifers. You got four lifers. Yeah. And and your sister was able to go to Disney all day long each day, and we were able to go hang out and run around, ra race around, and go on rides and yeah. do all that fun stuff. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, I had fun. (laughs) So thank you all for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Maybe learned something. You can rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Music, and anywhere else you listen to us. There's like 5,000 different podcasting services now. Um, If you'd like to connect with us on socials, you can follow me at Hannah Goes Birding. You can follow Eric at Eric Goes Birding on Instagram. Our Facebook is Hannah and Eric Go Birding. Our email is Hannah and Eric Go Birding at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at We Go Birding. Our TikTok is at Hannah and Eric Go Birding. You can also check us out on our website, which is GoBirdingPodcast.com, and you can help us share the love of birding with others.